0: Yes, it is another episode of the Chief Zone podcast, Farzin Vesugian along with Zach Stegging, DJ Evans out once again. But that's okay. Still bringing you another episode of the Chief Zone podcast going into the Chiefs offseason, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl aftermath, the hangover, the honeymoon phase still a thing right now, but it's 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 going down a little bit, but people still having a damn good time and rightfully so. We'll talk about all of that a little bit because it is really interesting that just how some Chiefs fans are taking advantage of this Really special and monumental moment. It's pretty cool what the aftermath has really caused in all of this We'll talk about that, but the big topics of course are going to be about NFL free agency more specifically Chiefs free agency What are the Chiefs going to do in free agency who is set to be a free agent for the Kansas City Chiefs and what will they do? And what do they need to do in order to retain some of their key players in free agency look uh, in the NFL? The cost is always going up, the market's always going up for all these players on every position. So the Chiefs are going to need to do some uh, some work and if they want to be able to afford and keep some of their key players that currently do not have a contract. So we'll talk about all of that. Also read your text later on in the podcast. 913-808-2119. That is the text line for the podcast. You guys can also subscribe to, to the podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Follow me on Facebook, facebook.com. So again, at FarzzyN21 on Twitter at ZStegna on Twitter, and you can follow DJ as well, at ChiefsFanShy on the Tweet Machine. Like I said, Zach Stegna joining me for this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Zach, how are we doing? How is the Super Bowl hangover going for you right now?
1: I mean, it's still, I mean, it's going great. I mean, maybe not so much a hangover as just, you know, there's nothing like, you know, I mean, still, like I mentioned last week, the way that you, you walk around, just even simple things like carrying a Chiefs mug and, you know, people still reach out or, you know, going to church on Sunday morning. All the people who were, you know, oh, I don't know, man, are the Niners going to beat you? Do you really think the Chiefs can do it the week before? Or like, oh, man, you did it. It's like, well, yeah, I had lots <laughs> to do with it. But, yes, we did do it. Thank you for noticing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It's, still loving it. It's pretty cool. I don't know if you saw this, but the um, the Dick's Sporting Goods at Zona Rosa So I guess Tyron Matthew uh, had an autograph signing there uh, sometime Tuesday morning. I don't know the exact time, and I guess for the first 250 people that were in line, they got this special uh, wristband. I don't know exactly what it was. Dude, it was 3.30 a.m., and KCTV5 took a photo of the line outside of Dick's Sporting Goods. 3.30 a.m. Like, people don't even line up that early. To go tailgating for a Chiefs game. I mean, you might see one or two I mean, people.
1: to be fair, I think they would if given the opportunity.
0: Yeah, to sure, say, sure.
1: I mean, <laughs> just recognizing that Arrowhead kind of deliberately keeps people from doing that just because you know, you don't want to have people on your property all day.
0: Yeah, that is true. Well, so the, the point I'm trying to get at here is, is, it's like, look, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the Royals because what they did was special a few years ago and everyone went crazy about the royals but here's my thing i've always said this is a football town and when the royals were in the world series back-to-back years people suddenly said nope this is a baseball town i'm like what no i don't care who is winning a championship right now who's in the championships back to back years this is still a football town because i remember interning at a10 in 2009 and one of the things i do as an intern you know screen the calls put people on hold and I remember Keatsman went to a commercial break and half the callers dropped, man. Like, no one wanted to stay on hold to talk Royals. Whereas with the Chiefs, even during their bad years, did people go to games? No. Uh, you even saw one of the games were blacked out in the area. And in 2012, I mean, you had fans that were voicing their their opinions on the front office. Fans flying banners over the stadium, wearing black Uh, To black out Arrowhead in one of the games that even the announcers had to acknowledge that like when the Royals are bad No one cares Uh, But when the Chiefs are bad people care and people want to see change and you you saw Just the impact you know a lot of Chiefs fans tried to make and wanting Clark Hunt to make a change and here you are Like again the World Series aftermath. It was crazy. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely was awesome in Kansas City, but the Super Bowl aftermath is even bigger in Kansas City because you look at what people are doing just to sell. I, you know, I, I don't know if you have anything like the sack for your car, where um, where you have like a flag hanging from your window. I remember, uh, you know, any any time my family and I would go to Chiefs games to t- uh, to tailgate at Arrowhead, we'd have the Chiefs flags. But that's the only time we'd put that on our cars mm-hmm. is you know when we're on our way to Arrowhead, dude. I've seen people the last two weeks more times than ever th- that just put Chiefs flags. Uh, on their windows, it's like th- literally, the town is pretty much red at this point. You might as well just say that because everyone's just digging this World Series, excuse me, not World Series, this Super Bowl fever. I, I, I guess uh, like like everyone's really behind the Chiefs right now, which is pretty cool to see because for a long time I've always wondered, you know, when is my team going to get that Super Bowl media week coverage? When what is my team going to have the red and gold confetti and then have that special parade in the aftermath? And now we're finally seeing it, which is. Really, as a Chiefs fan, this is just so awesome to see.
1: Uh, Couldn't agree more on that front. And I think that one of the biggest reasons for that is that, you know, as I was talking with quite a few people over the course of the last, you know, call it week or two, you know, we have seen in Kansas City a lot of great players come and go. And we've seen, you know, in that time, we've seen a lot of really great players throughout the NFL. Uh, Namely, you know, you think of the sorts of players who you know that because they're on the team or they're on the field, their team is never really out of it. Think like you know the Aaron Rodgers types, the Tom Brady types, the Peyton Manning types. We finally have that guy. Like yep. Now because of Mahomes, we're never out of a game anymore. Uh, you know he's the kind of person who you know single handedly almost. I mean obviously he can't totally do it alone. We've seen how that worked up in Green Bay with Rodgers for the last. I mean not necessarily this year where they did actually really really well, but there were certainly some lean years there. Uh, where Rodgers was, you know, whether because of injuries or otherwise, uh, certainly didn't have the supporting cast he was accustomed to and couldn't do it all by himself, but, you know, certainly uh, gave it the good college try. I think that, you know, with the Chiefs, I, I think we're, you know, coming into a new era of Chiefs fandom where, you know, as you were mentioning, you know, about the difference between the World Series and the uh, Super Bowl aftermath, obviously I can't totally speak to the Super Bowl aftermath, not having been in the city, but. I think that you know, the key difference between, you know, Kansas City as a baseball town versus as a football town is the fact that, you know, truly, you know, you look at the last time the Chiefs were really bad. It was before Marty came in, and that was actually when the Royals were doing pretty well. But there was just a reversal of fortunes where, you know, the Chiefs absolutely doubled down to make sure that they were fielding a competitive team, whereas David Glass and Friends for the majority of their tenure, uh, as you know, the leaders of that front office really didn't care. Uh, they were like, eh, as long as we're making money, you know, we'll Walmart baseball, this thing. And, you know, Glass was rightfully one of the most kind of, you know, hated on owners in sports uh, up until he, you know, now to, to his credit, he absolutely made a 180 there by bringing Dayton Moore in and helping him, or at least giving yeah. him the tools he needed to spin it around. Uh, but I think that, you know, that, really kind of cemented Kansas City's status as a football town was not just the rise of the Chiefs, but then the complete futility of the Royals there. And I guess you could also dive into the fact that the economics of each game and the fact that, you know, the NFL has a salary cap and baseball really doesn't. So smaller markets like Kansas City are naturally going to have a tougher time competing with the likes of the Yankees. Uh, I think that that certainly gives the uh, Chiefs a leg up in terms of always being a perennial competitor. But I don't want that to detract at all from the fact that, realistically, it does come down to the fact that we've had good leadership at the top, and Kansas City's going to be a football town for years to come because of the fact that the Hunts have done a great job of making sure that they put the right people in place to really continue to build a contender, and now we've got the quarterback too, so it's actually a contender, not just the sort of team that's going to make it all the way through to call it the AFC Championship game and break our hearts.
0: Well, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, the quarterback and all, and no one's going to disagree with that. Uh, When Patrick Mahomes started his first year, which is obviously the season before, the Chiefs obviously had this dynamic offense that was averaging 35.3 points per game in 2018. That's the third highest in a single season in NFL history. The Chiefs have had five games with Mahomes in the playoffs, obviously three this year and then two last year. In those five games, Zach, the Chiefs are averaging 35.8 points per game. That is 0.5 points more than their 2018. Now, 2018, they had 16 games. And in the five playoff games so far, it's only been five games, obviously. But still, that those numbers are very close. And I know the Chiefs offense kind of took a step back this year. And there were a lot of reasons for that. The injuries, uh, you know. A lot of factors played into that. But still, obviously, at the end of the day, you want a Super Bowl, so who cares? But my point is, you know, the Chiefs in the playoffs, having that high of an average, it's like, first of all, you're scoring a lot with Patrick Mahomes. Second of all, if you lose, it's not like you're getting killed. The Chiefs' worst loss with Mahomes is seven points. Uh, and they, by the way, they have wow. not been blown out in a game for more than three years now. So this is not just a football team. Yeah, sure, they won the Super Bowl. That's great. But when they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, it's not like because they were terrible. They are a damn competitive football team. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, this is all you can ask for to get to the Super Bowl and win it and to be really competitive, not get your ass kicked in these games. And you see the Chiefs just fighting tooth and nail all the way to the end. And I know I was critical of Andy Reid, but one thing I've always noted about Andy Reid, this is a team... That will always battle through the end. You saw it in Philadelphia. You've seen it in Kansas City since Reed got here, and even more so with Mahomes, and arguably the most competitive team in the NFL right now.
1: I think that's certainly a fair statement to make, and they also dominate the division, which is a, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Certainly,
1: (laughs) you know, it's a key to uh, making it to the playoffs, to say the least. But, you know, that's one of the hallmarks that has absolutely been – a mark of Andy Reid, both in Philadelphia and in Kansas City. I mean, this is, what, three years in a row now for us?
0: Three years? Uh, you mean the division title? Correct. Uh, four years in a row.
1: Really? Wow, even better. Yeah,
0: I, I've lost track, too. That's how great it's been.
1: Well, I think he had a similar streak in Philadelphia up until the very, very end there where, obviously, he was let go. But, boy, I'm sure grateful for the fact that Philly... Uh, decided to let him go and pursue, I guess, greener pastures in the Sea of Red.
0: Yeah, and look, I know a lot of people talked about how you know Doug Peterson, they ended up hiring an assistant, and I think, yeah, sure, maybe you look at that and you wonder, did the Eagles have any regrets there, or were the Eagles still right because of the longtime critics of Andy Reid? But obviously, you know, uh, he finally was able to put all that to rest, and we talked about this last week, you know, uh, how much did this help his case in not just getting to the Hall of Fame, but getting much sooner Uh, And obviously we'll see, and you know, people are wondering, uh, could another one even help for sure secure that he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer? So it'll be very interesting to see, but in order to make that repeat happen, of course, there are a lot of things that still have got to be done in the offseason. It doesn't matter, Zach, whether you're the team that had the worst record in the NFL and has the number one pick, or if you're picking last and won the Super Bowl, all 32 teams have something that they've got to do this offseason. Look, I thought about how I was going to do this on this podcast, uh, what directions we can go to to start off here. Let me just first name you the list of free agents the Chiefs have coming up. Uh, Players that currently do not have a contract, and I'm just going to go in order by positions, and I'll mention the positions. Quarterbacks Chad Henney and Matt Moore, running backs LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams and Spencer Ware, fullback Anthony Sherman, tight ends Blake Bell, Dion Yelder, David Wells, for receivers, Demarcus Robbins and Marcus Kemp. Guard Steven Wozniowski, Andrew Wiley, tackle Cam Irving. Defensive lineman uh, Emmanuel Ogba, Terrell Suggs, Chris Jones, Mike Pennell, Xavier Williams. Linebackers Damian Wilson, Darren Lee, Reggie Ragland. And then in the secondary, at quarterback, you've got Morris Claiborne, Bashad Breland, Keith Reeser, and Kendall Fuller. And at safety, you have Jordan Lucas. So 27 players I just named right there. Uh, players who are set... ...to be a free agent if they do not get re-signed. Uh, Worth noting, the club options are available for Damian Williams, Cam Irving, and Damian Wilson. Now, it'd be ideal to kind of start off with one of those 27 players right there. And I I mean, look, Chris Jones is the obvious one that sticks out. But we kind of have to start elsewhere. And I'm not... I, I do want to talk about the Mahomes extension. And I know Clark Hunt commented on Super Bowl week... Uh, Leading up to the big game uh, that Mahomes they might be 12 to 15 months away from extending him Which is kind of interesting because for more than a year all the speculation has been That Mahomes will get that first ever 200 million dollar contract This offseason 2020 Uh, But now Clark Hunt kind of threw away uh, threw a smokescreen there Well now is that him just trying to maybe throw people off that way they can kind of Stop talking about this. I don't know. Maybe But we got to start with Sammy Watkins because that is the big piece of the pie right there. And you might might be wondering, why is that? Well, let me first mention this. Uh, You and I were talking about this before we started recording. This is actually kind of an insane fact here. The Chiefs, number one in the NFL when it comes to cap dollars for wide receiver. And they only have five wide receivers. Now, they just brought back... uh, Garrick Dieter. So I don't know if he's part of the five or if that makes it six. Uh, but the Chiefs, according to SpotTrack, uh and over the camp, they only have five active wide receivers. They currently have the fewest wide receivers in the NFL, yet they have the highest payroll at that position. And Zach, I was telling you the details, the specifics, and you said, hey, this will do it. Sammy Watkins right now is the highest paid wide receiver for 2020 with $21 million. Number two, Julio Jones. Number three, Mike Evans. Number four, also a chief, Tyreek Hill at $17,650,000. So you've got the number one and number four highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. Now look, man, Sammy Watkins. I've been a big fan of Sammy Watkins. I know his activity on the field uh, or inactivity is one that's certainly uh, one that Chiefs fans have not approved of, and understandably so. But, man, when he is out there, he does make a difference. And I know Week 1, Sammy Watkins against the Jaguars, that was a damn good Sammy Watkins. We loved what we saw in that football game, but we haven't seen that Sammy Watkins not until the postseason. And for whatever reason, Sammy Watkins has been the best wide receiver for the Chiefs in last year's playoff games and in this year's playoff games altogether altogether. Uh, No one's had bigger numbers than Sammy Watkins, so I'll start with you, Zach. You know, what do you do? Because this is your best wide receiver in the playoffs, uh, yet he's got a really hefty contract right now. Uh, Where do you start with Sammy Watkins?
1: So with Sammy Watkins, I mean, he's got that $21 million hit uh, that, you know, he has mentioned that a pay cut very well may be in the— in the cards just because of the way that his performance was in the regular season. Uh, I don't think anybody would suggest that he is worthy of being the highest paid receiver in the league. I mean, no disrespect to the man for saying that, but he's certainly not better than a Julio Jones a Mike Evans, one would argue even a Tyreek Hill. Uh, He's got fantastic footwork. He's got great hands. He's a phenomenal receiver. But is he the best in the league? No, I don't think you could find anybody who would really make that case. And so, should he be paid as the best wide receiver in the NFL? Probably not. And so, ultimately, it comes down to there's really two options. Or I suppose perhaps three, depending on how you want to look at things. There is the pay cut restructure. Uh, so, you know whether you extend him out and you pay him a comparably less amount per year, that's certainly an option or do you trade him slash cut him? Uh, I would hope that you wouldn't just cut him, but at the same time it's going to save you $14 million against the cap in a year that has been mentioned as a potential where the Chiefs would have to pay Patrick Mahomes, though to be clear, they do not have to pay Mahomes yet. They could very easily wait until next year post the new CBA, which honestly I think would make some sense for all parties. I don't think there's any question that there's going to be a deal done with Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's not like the Chiefs are actually going to let Mahomes leave. Like, let's not get crazy here. It's not going to happen. So that deal will get done. It's a question of when. But paying Chris Jones as well is something that's come up in this offseason. That is a very much a pressing factor. And $14 million would certainly go a long way towards opening up some cap space to enable you to sign a Chris Jones. Not saying that he would get all 14 of those million either. Let's be clear but i think that it would in a perfect world Watkins is willing to come to the negotiating table you know say he comes in with a deal somewhere closer to i don't know 10 11 million right there you've freed up well 10 or 11 million depending on how you look at it and you can use that to sign a whole lot more on this team to fill up uh, to fill quite a few holes so that'd be my preferred scenario but that sure doesn't mean it's going to happen
0: yeah, and, and I remember in the group text with DJ, you were talking to me, uh, I think you were playing around with the uh, calculator on OverTheCap.com, which is Oh, I play cool.
1: with those things way too much, like I kind of <laughs> wish I you know had the self-control to not to, but yeah, I was playing with those quite a fair bit today, and the other thing that I found kind of intriguing was the notion of possibly trading him, though realistically we would still be eating a fair bit of that contract, yeah. whether... I mean, the calculators I was playing with still had us eating 7 of that 21, which is entirely possible, though I don't know the specifics of it, and obviously there's you know, nuance to every trade that gets done. I mean, for example, like you know that Miami was paying the bulk of Ryan Tannehill's contract to play in Tennessee this year, so that certainly happens. I mean, realistically, as the, we're bemoaning the fact that the Chiefs are not looking great on cap space, $8 million of that cap is still going to Eric Berry. Uh, just as dead money, so it happens. But it is an intriguing thought to consider the trade of Sammy Watkins. The tough part about that is the fact that you've got a really strong wide receiver class coming in in the draft, but from free agency's perspective, it's actually remarkably weak. And so there could possibly be some trade interest there, but the Chiefs would have to eat some of that cost, and I would have to think that the preferred option would be to get Sammy Watkins and his team to the negotiating table, hammer out a deal that's a little closer for both sides that brings him, I mean, not certainly out of the uh, you know top echelon of wide receivers, but not at the top of that list either.
0: Well, let me just say this, because when Sammy Watkins first came to Kansas City, a lot of people hated that move. And I, I disagreed. I, I was in love with, with, with the signing uh, of bringing in well, Sammy Watkins. Because, people didn't mind the
1: move. They hated the price.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and I certainly reasonable. Um, and, and now, look, you know, sometimes, like, in a situation like this, like, look, we just won the Super Bowl. Like, we could easily just sit here and say, who gives a damn about the price right now? Like, as long as you're winning games, it works right. But, you know, in order to keep winning games, you got to be able to afford these guys. I mean, all these guys are good right now, and... They're money hungry, and you know what I was telling you. This is the problem that you deal. These are the kinds of issues you have when you win a championship. All right, you got a lot of great players, obviously, and they all want to get paid. So it's a good, it's a great problem to have. You know. Yeah,
1: um, as Therese Paler has called it, it's the happy tax. It.
0: it, it <laughs> uh, you know what? There are a lot of other issues out there. I remember, you know, in the dark days before Andy Reid got here. I mean. Our problems consisted of we don't even have a quarterback. And we have a lot of money to spend, but no one wants to come here. Now it's a complete opposite. Like These are great problems to have. Let me say this for Sammy Watkins. Uh, When people were criticizing the move, I said, guys, he's not going to be the number one wide receiver on the team right now. Um, If he was going to a destination where he had to be the number one wide receiver for that offense... Yeah, that'd be a pretty scary thing because this guy has not been very consistent with his availability. Whereas in Kansas City, he can take a different role. He's not going to be the primary guy. And, you know, he might draw double team coverage. Whereas that'll allow Hill and Kelsey to get open. Obviously, we saw how that all panned out. Uh, maybe there are games where Tyree Hill is statistically quiet because he's being double teamed or even triple teamed in coverage. And that allows Sammy Watkins to gash through. Uh, because at the end of the day, these defenses cannot double-team everyone. They can't double-team Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Hardman. They can't do it all. Uh, they got to pick their poison, which is a very dangerous thing. And, and if you're a Chiefs fan, I mean, that is just music to your ears. That is, you know, the perfect storm for this offense. And obviously, you saw it come to fruition eventually. We talked about last week, WASP. What? What is essentially WASP? Well... It allowed uh, Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins to attract all these defenders. And Tyreek Hill had one-on-one coverage where he just torched the safety and got wide open there, which allowed the comeback, essentially. Here's my point. Sammy Watkins has a role on the team where there isn't pressure on him to thrive because he's not the number one guy. And that's a perfect situation for him given that he had a phenomenal rookie year. But since then he hasn't been the same Sammy Watkins, but when he came to Kansas city, he saw a much different role. Now did the injuries continue for him? Yeah. It's still been an issue for him uh, even uh, through today, but at least in a way um, he's not the number one primary guy. Now, sure. Sure. At the end of the day, yeah, he's eating up a lot of change right there, a, a big chunk of it. And that's something that Brett Veach is going to have to take care of. But here's my, here's my point in all of this. If Sammy Watkins leaves Zach, it, let's say he goes to, oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just trying to pick a team out. Let's say Cleveland, for example. I mean, yeah, sure, you got Odell Beckham Jr. there, but that's not even a good situation to go to. Um, there might be pressure on you to try to help that football team get to the next level, whereas in Kansas City, uh, that's not the case, so if Sammy Watkins uh, doesn't, if, let's say he refuses to take a pay cut, the Chiefs say, okay, we'll just go ahead and let you go, no one else is going to pay you that big deal, so you're going to have to take a smaller deal anyway elsewhere, and plus, are you going to have the same level of success there? No, You there might be pressure on you to even s- succeed consistently, uh, and be the number one wide receiver, whereas that's not the case in Kansas City. And here's my suggestion. Again, I, I mean, this is just me talking. man. I, 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 we're obviously just idiots that don't know anything about how to run a football team, but I think it would make a lot of sense for Sammy Watkins to take a lesser role, take a pay cut, and let McCole Hardman be the number two guy on the team. You can still contribute, not saying Sammy Watkins can't, but if you're not the number one or number two guy for for Watkins, not only do you still have a chance to contribute, but you also reduce your chances of getting hurt at least. Um, like I said, I mean, obviously that's not the ideal approach for a guy like Sammy Watkins. He still wants, everyone wants to see a lot of snaps, but... Uh, yet at the same time you gotta understand your situation I mean injury prone and Sammy Watkins they do fit together in the same sentence and if you can find a way to to reduce that uh, load for him and have him take a smaller deal I think everyone wins in the end because if Sammy Watkins goes elsewhere I don't think he'll be able to have the same level of success and he's gonna be forced to play more snaps which could uh, increase his chances of getting hurt
1: yeah he's an interesting he's an interesting player where he's not He doesn't strike me as really the kind of alpha dog type. Don't get me wrong. This is the same Sammy Watkins who, in college, was certainly the primary target across some guy by the name of DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what he ever went on to do, um, you know, other than be one of the top five receivers in the league, Um, but he certainly has the talent, but he, he almost kind of strikes me as like kind of an Andrew Wiggins type where he has all the talent in the world, but... For some reason, just isn't going to hit that superstar st- status. That's if that makes really any sense, point. yeah. Um, and you know, the same way that Wiggins is off to you know, Golden State right now to be kind of the third option, give or take. Honestly, I think that's a similar count for Sammy Watkins. Like he can come into Kansas City and still be the third option behind Kelsey and Hill, and do just fine for himself. And realistically, I think he might. I don't think he. I mean, he's made fairly good money in his career thus far, and obviously. Part of that being with the Chiefs, I just wouldn't be shocked to see the Chiefs. Essentially, I could see them take that twenty-one million, spread it out over the next two years or something. You know, give them ten this year, eleven next. Like that's still pretty good money, uh, and you know, just kind of extends it out a little bit, and all of a sudden it makes that you know massive contract look a little less ridiculous. I mean, I would much rather make ten this year and eleven next, as opposed to just the seven guaranteed this year, and then who knows what I get wherever else I go. And if I can stay healthy, if I mesh with that quarterback, you know, realistically, as you alluded to, the fact that the Chiefs have the quarterback now is certainly something that will attract receivers to come and play. You know, I've always looked at the uh, you know Royals as a place where if you're a you know, an aging flyball pitcher trying to come in and recoup your value. Your agent ought to be sending you to Kansas City every day of the week because of the way that the ballpark plays. You know, it helps you kind of mask some of your flaws and kind of recoup some of that value. Same way that you know, if you were a quarterback in the uh, you know early two thousands, I mean, Randy Moss. Think about it. He got Chad Pennington and Dante Culpepper both paid. Mahomes is going to do that same sort of thing for some of his receivers uh, in terms of being the kind of guy who really just helps elevate. Uh, And maximize the uh, the strengths of the people that he plays with and obviously having Andy Reid in that mix uh, is a massive part of the reason that this works as well and so it'll be interesting to see what this what ends up happening here I genuinely am leaning towards thinking that they will end up extending Sammy Watkins and in doing so bring that cap number to a more reasonable level
0: yeah, I fully agree. I think it will happen. Look, people have questioned Brett Veach in the past. Oh, he he can't draft or uh, he's not doing anything. Well, the guy got was Newski. he got Pennell, he got Suggs this year. I mean, three key pickups during the season. Um, I mean, Brett Veach, and look, I know a lot of the criticism for Brett Veach has gradually uh, gone away. Um, I, I'm confident Brett Veach will find a way to work this all out. And, you know, if it doesn't... Shoot, you know, you, you can't bat a thousand. You just can't at the end of the day. Let me just mention this because we talked about this all last off season. especially once Tyreek killed suspension was over and one of the child abuse allegations went away uh, when it was, you know, when it came out that he there was no evidence that he did anything. Uh, we talked more about how, how this offense is just going to really shine in so many games now Tyree kill got hurt but still the offense was able to do its thing look at the Super Bowl okay I'm, I'm just looking at the box score for the Super Bowl Damian Williams had 104 rushing yards okay he had two touchdowns one on the ground one in the air Tyree kill had 105 receiving yards Sammy Watkins was two yards away from 100 yards so you almost had three players with 100 yards rushing or receiving Now, Travis Kelsey, he didn't even come close to 100 yards, but at least he had the touchdown right there. A really key touchdown, too, to help the Chiefs cut the deficit. So, you look at... By the way, for reference, let's compare this to San Francisco. I obviously mentioned the Chiefs had a 100-yard rusher, a 100-yard receiver, almost two uh, receivers that got 100 yards. Look at San Francisco, man. Raheem Mostert, who had a monster NFC Championship game. He only had 58 rushing yards. Their receiving leader, Kendrick Bourne, with 42 yards. It, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, how did we even allow 20 points against San Francisco? Like, like how did that even happen in the first place? Um, you know, crazier things have happened. But at the end of the day, my, my whole point is, you know, like I said with the perfect storm, you've got this offense and you, you've got so many things that uh, are, are just really clicking for you in, in all the right ways. So hopefully the Chiefs do find a way to keep Sammy Watkins because... Uh what you have with this offense is so special and you, you look at what they did last year we talked about this a moment ago with the third highest scoring offense in NFL history if Mahomes stays healthy if, if Tyreek Hill stays healthy and you know big ifs you know things happen unfortunately but uh if you can have some luck on your side with the injuries Uh, there's a really good chance that they could have a similar offense like uh, 2018. Now, sure, maybe you can make the case that they did that because the defense uh, was not able to step up a lot. You know, Sure, valid point, but that's not the the, the key point I'm trying to make here. You've just got such a special offense that hopefully they can do everything possible, both sides, Sammy Watkins and his camp, and the Chiefs front office in trying to keep them. I'll let you have the last word on that.
1: Ultimately, I think that in this sort of a case – It's, I mean, less so than with Mahomes, but in some ways comparable, where both sides know they've got a good thing going, and I think both sides are willing to give a little bit to make sure that they come to a fair deal. I mean, I don't think Watkins and his camp think that for a minute, like, oh, yep, I deserve every single one of those $21 million. They're realistic. They understand that that's a pretty outsized number. And unless they were negotiating for, say, like Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Thomas or... You know, any of those guys, like there's even the best agent in the world isn't going to try to, you know, dress Sammy Watkins up as the number one receiver in the league, as one who deserves to be paid better than all those guys I just listed. You can't. I mean, it's just, you know, it's an inherently illogical case to make. And so they won't try to make it. I think that both sides have good reason to want to get a deal done. And I think they're going to get it done. It's that simple.
0: So we know that Sammy Watkins, you know, things something has to happen there in order for the Chiefs to be able to do a couple of other things. One of them, we don't know if this is going to happen for sure. I know you alluded to this a little bit, uh, but it's Patrick Mahomes extending him. Now, look, let me just say this. Um, does he deserve it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes is kind of a lot like Tom Brady right now. Uh, listen, let me just say this. With with everything that happens in the NFL, look at Alex Smith. Look at Andrew Luck. Look at players that have had their careers cut short because of injuries. And that's why I've always said, look, man, enjoy this moment because you never know if suddenly this team doesn't do well uh, up to expectations or if a brutal injury occurs. Uh, so hopefully fans have been enjoying the moment. But my point is, uh, you know, I don't blame Patrick Mahomes if he wants to cash in and get that maximum value now at the same time look at Tom Brady because his net worth is not even the highest in his own family I mean you look at uh his wife I mean her net worth is higher than his Mahomes is well kind to of be bizarre.
1: fair Mahomes ain't gonna get that don't get me no, wrong I I appreciate Brittany Matthews as much as the next guy but well, like, no no no
0: that ain't well, gonna I'm, happen what I'm trying to say is, you know, not not necessarily in his you know love life necessarily, but the fact that Mahomes has a lot of sponsorships right now. And listen, if you force me to name all the sponsorships, I'm sure I'm going to forget a lot of them because he has. I mean, Oakleys is, is a big one, Community America. Um, I mean, help me out, Zach. I know Good Sense is, is another one. Um,
1: Hunt's ketchup.
0: Hunt's Ketchup, yeah, I mean, how, how the hell could you forget Hunt's Ketchup? Come on. Uh, he was, of course, on the cover of Madden. Uh, he was also on the cover of, um, of The Cereal Box. I'm sure he made a lot out of that. I mean, look, the, the point here is he's getting a lot of money. Amazon Prime, a lot of money going into his pockets. In fact, I think... I don't oh, know, State I don't Farm, think... too. Uh, yeah, State Farm, yeah, of, of, of course. There's a lot. Uh, and I'm sure we're forgetting some. But the, the point is... I don't know what the numbers are. I don't think these have been made public and probably never will. Uh, maybe one day they will. Um, like a Forbes magazine kind of article, maybe they'll they'll come up with a, with some of these numbers one day. But I think it might be safe to say Mahomes is getting making more money through these sponsorships than he is with his rookie contract right now. Oh, um, that's
1: that's without a shred of doubt.
0: I, I mean, he, he's getting a lot. Of, my point here is, and Lee Steinberg, his agent, uh he he, said, he told us to Brooke Pryor and I know people you know have your opinions about Brooke, whatever. but when Brooke did an interview with him, uh, Lee Steinberg was mentioning that you know, he tries to do everything he can with his clients to make sure that they're not only making money from sponsorships now but for a long time, even after retirement. Uh, and, he, and he told me the same thing when I had him on the podcast last off season. So when you look at what Mahomes is doing, is it possible that he might even say, Look, I'm not money hungry here, man. I'm making a lot of money from my sponsorships, and I'm confident they'll be around for a long time, even after retirement. Maybe he does give that discount. Uh, again, I don't blame him if he does get that massive deal. I can see a few people, you know, wanting to turn their backs and have that fake outrage and say he's greedy. Uh, what do you think? Do you think there may be a chance? And if so, how big of a chance do you think there is that he might get that uh, uh, allow that hometown discount, per, per se?
1: So I think strictly for Patrick Mahomes himself in a vacuum, it would certainly make sense for him to do exactly what you've described. Because the other part, if you look at you know, Aaron Rodgers is a great example here because he went and got his money, again, totally deserved it. He earned it. I'm not denigrating that in any way, but it made it harder for the Packers to field a competitive team. And he went from being kind of the face of the NFL or was well on his way to being so, uh, you know, as the best quarterback in the league at the time. He kind of, you know, his star kind of faded a little bit because of the fact that his team wasn't particularly competitive. He wasn't, you know, lighting it up the way he did at the very start. And I think that there is certainly that risk if Mahomes were to do something along those lines. Uh, I think that realistically, if he were to take a little bit lesser money to still maintain, you know, an arsenal of great weapons on the offense, uh, to have him just continue to do his, you know, standard, what we've come to accept as standard Mahomes wizardry there, that, you know, certainly enhances his brand value. Now, the hard part is this, he is the best quarterback in the NFL, i think that you could you know I mean there's plenty of others who are also very good but it, he is I think the best quarterback in the NFL right now and he's certainly the best quarterback in the NFL for the foreseeable future which certainly does lend itself to the branding potential because realistically he's about to be the face of the NFL but we'll get back I, to that in a minute
0: I, I don't I don't mean to cut you off but the only people who are going to disagree with you are these Baltimore Ravens fans who are going to remind you that Mahomes never won the MVP unanimously they, 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 they've got a case for that right there just a little cool
1: story bro just, <laughs> You're right. Lamar Jackson runs better than Mahomes. These are facts. It's okay. They're both great quarterbacks, and I'm not trying to take away from the you no, know, no, branding potential all. of him either. I really don't care. The point is, he's about to be kind of the face of the NFL for the foreseeable future, as the you know, I mean, just because of who he is and how he's played. His, I mean, he's off to the best start that I think we've ever really seen. Winning in the MVP one year and a Super Bowl the next. We'll see. Remains to be seen with Lamar Jackson too. But regardless he's crushing it. The one thing that makes it difficult when he's in that situation is he's going to run into the same sort of issue that LeBron James did, which is to say LeBron James very easily could be taking the veteran minimum, uh, to play and more than covering it with his endorsements. I mean, his endorsements and off the field or off the court stuff far outstrip his earnings, uh, from his contract, even though he's still making the, you know, super max deal in the NBA. The reason that he continues to make the Supermax deal, though, is because he recognizes the fact that he owes it to everybody else in the league as the best player. Or, I mean, now there's more of an argument, but historically, as, you know, head and shoulders, the best player in the league, he owed it to everybody else to make the most money because if he didn't, then no one could. You know, you can't just the same way that we just discussed with Sammy Watkins, you know, out earning, you know, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins and all you know all those guys who are objectively better receivers than him he shouldn't you know it, it would that makes no sense the same way that if Mahomes were to not make max money you know to go out and you know say that you're the Cowboys right and Mahomes comes in and takes a little bit of a discount they go out and sign Dak Prescott. we will just say that you know Mahomes settles for you know 25 million a year which is still a ridiculous amount of money but for the sake of argument, say he goes for 25 and then Dak breaks the bank at, you know, 35, 40, who knows? Everybody's going to be raking Jerry Jones over the Coles. Now, he owns the team. It doesn't matter the same way it would for another GM. But, point there is, I think that Mahomes would easily take that hometown discount, as you described it, and continue to crush it off of the uh, earnings from all of his endorsements and off the field stuff. But, he does owe it to the rest of the league as the best player in the league or certainly the best quarterback to make the most money. It's because it would artificially cap everybody else's earning power, and I don't think he wants to do that to the rest of the league either.
0: You know, the, the, the quarterback market is really insane right now. I'm actually trying to look this up as we speak. I remember the same offseason. Uh, I can't remember who got it first and who got it second, but Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford, again, one of them ended up surpassing the other in, in the same offseason, but those two became the highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history. It's like, look, Stafford's good, but he's never, I think he's 0 3 in the playoffs. And Derek Carr, yeah, he had that really good year in 2016, but he obviously couldn't play in the playoffs. Those two guys are winless in the playoffs, yet those two became, and now I know Aaron Rodgers broke it, but. Those two guys, at one point, were the highest-paid quarterbacks in NFL history. I'm like, why? (laughs) Like, in what world does it make sense to make Derek Carr? You're, like, the highest-paid... So, Derek Carr's age.
1: Honestly, to be fair, a few years ago, right before Carr broke his leg and wasn't able to play in those playoffs, he was as good as anybody in the league at that point. Like, he was...
0: Th- that extension
1: be didn't be actually look that ridiculous player. at the time. Not to
0: well, be, the highest, yeah, to be the highest played player, Yeah,
1: to be the highest played player though. is a different thing, but to, to make that crazy extension actually wasn't as ridiculous as it may... I mean, it certainly looks that way in retrospect because, I mean, yeah, he's certainly proven to not be quite worthy of that contract, but realistically, it wasn't totally stupid at the time, even yeah, I for mean, the
0: Raiders. Like, I, I've said this for a while. I said for a while, I said, look, Derek Carr is going to be good and uh, he's going to, you know, help the Raiders, especially in 2016. And people said, no, you're crazy. Now, obviously, he helped him out. Now, the Raiders haven't been as competitive. It'd be nice if Derek Carr would not just throw away passes on fourth down. I mean, it kind of ruins the purpose of going for on fourth down there. But, uh, you know, for all the Raiders fans, I'd like to uh, send me all those great tweets, you know. I enjoy rubbing rubbing it in, so not a problem for me. I'm certainly not going to argue with those decisions there, but you know his his agent is Timothy Younger, and Stafford's agent is Tom Condon. Okay, Tom Condon's a notable name when it comes to agents. Dude, I want those guys as like. Is it too late to want to become a pro athlete again? I I mean, all these guys making all these massive contracts. Derek is 28 years old. That's how old I am. I, I, and he's making, what, uh, five years, $125 million deal? Dude, good for you, man. <laughs> I, I'm sure your agent's getting a big portion of that because you sure as hell don't deserve it. No, it's going to be
1: interesting. Uh, they only get 4 or 5%. That's pretty much standard.
0: Uh, that's still a lot. I, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm no math whiz. But off the top of my head, uh, I mean, that is still... Oh, don't get me
1: wrong. It's still a couple million, and they all... I mean, don't get me wrong. Agents do just fine for themselves, but my point is it's not like they're taking some ridiculous percentage of that.
0: Um, The tax man
1: gets more of it. Uh,
0: Yeah, the comment from uh, Clark Hunt was interesting. You know, they could be 12 to 15 months away. So we'll see how that pans out. And then, of course, you know, uh, if you can, you know, fix the Watkins contract. If you can restructure that... And if you can avoid uh, extending Mahomes this year, well, then that really does open up the the door for Chris Jones, who's been very vocal about wanting to stay in Kansas City. And he's been talking about repeating next year, almost like he already got the contract extension, which is cool to hear. Look, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think um, it's obvious. You got to keep him. I know some are throwing out the idea of tagging and trading him. Look, man, if it's we talked about this last week. If it's not for him... In those batted passes the 49ers are probably moving the chains in the fourth quarter and you don't have an opportunity to win let alone even make it a, a, a one possession game so it's very important you know I hope they can avoid the franchise tag I, I everyone will say that Um, I don't know what's going to happen there maybe they do it just to be safe and then we'll extend him I'm sure everyone can understand that at the end of the day I think something's gonna get done Uh, you know uh, fixing Watkins contract is is the first step and once they do that I think it really does become smooth sailing and trying to keep Chris Jones I I don't have a whole lot to say outside of that
1: I think that's exactly right the only thing that would possibly torpedo the opportunity to keep Chris Jones is if they extend Mahomes and do so in a fashion that limits their cap space to sign Chris Jones which they're not stupid enough to do realistically I mean Mahomes and his team, I sincerely doubt, would push hard for being like, nope, we get ours first, and then whatever is left, like, eh, bummer. Like recognizing the situation for what it is, which is to say, like, even if Mahomes were to just wait on the extension, which he very well might, uh, you know, per your comments that Clark Hunt had made you about the twelve to eighteen months. Honestly, I think that just makes so much logical sense across the board. I mean, Mahomes certainly knows he's getting paid because, duh. Both sides know Mahomes is getting paid. It's just a question of when and how much. Yeah. And Uh, if he takes a delay on that and it enables the Chiefs to keep Chris Jones, I think he would do it 10 times out of 10. That's just my read on him and the situation. But I think ultimately the Chiefs will find a way to keep all three of these guys, Mahomes, Watkins, and Jones. It's just going to require a little bit of a pay cut from Watkins and uh, perhaps a little bit of a delayed extension for Mahomes.
0: When you look at some of the free agents here, uh, there are a few starters that, you know, the Chiefs definitely need to consider keeping, uh, and, and obviously we'll exclude Chris Jones because we just kind of went over that, but guys like Damian Williams, who oh, you can make a strong case that he he's going to be a Super kept. MVP. Uh, what, what's that?
1: He's getting kept. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah unless for sure. and, and The, the only way the that he's not on him. the roster. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I, I was just saying they can use the club op- option on Damian Williams, too.
1: Right. I think the only reason that Damian Williams would not be on the roster come, you know, training camp next fall would be if some team came up and made us an offer we couldn't refuse as far as, you know, trading us some draft picks that we could certainly use to maintain, you know, I guess talent level with relation to the cap, because it's always cheaper to get draft picks than free agents. This is basic math. If, there was, if someone said, all right, we'll give you a second-rounder for Damian Williams, I think we'd probably take it realistically, and that would probably be a wise choice. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's certainly the starter until further notice.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he is a starter. Who the number two guy is, that'll be interesting, because Spencer Ware came back on a one-year deal. Sean McCoy signed on a one-year deal to reunite with Andy Reid. I, know I don't think Jim- either
1: of those guys are coming back.
0: I don't think so either, uh, I, and I really like both of them, especially where with what he did filling in for Jamal Charles a few years back. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I know um, Tim Grunhard, I, I guess he went on eight ten and said that the Chiefs should take a running back in the first round, and a lot of people were critical of that. Look, uh, that's not my number one nor even number two ideal situation for the, for the draft in the first round, but am I going to be opposed to that? Oh, uh, maybe not, because um, running backs will always thrive in Kansas City. And look, if you're Damian Williams, you you the number one spot is yours. Uh, had kind of a slow start with the injuries and all, but he picked it up as the season went along. But you can't do it alone. You you need a sidekick there at that position nowadays in the NFL. Look at Jamal Charles in 2010. He led the AFC in rushing yards when he wasn't even number one on his team in carries. Thomas Jones led the team in carries. But, and Thomas Jones wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible either. But because Solid of Solid th-
1: thunder and lightning combo.
0: Yeah, they were number one in the NFL that year in rushing. So you do need a strong one-two combo. You know the passing game is there. It'd be nice if you could have uh, a, a stronger presence at the uh, at the rushing attack. And in order to have that, Damian Williams is going to need someone that he can uh, ha- rotate with or maybe even have a two-back set. Uh, and, and you know Andy Reid's going to be creative with that kind of a thing, uh, especially with uh, Eric Bieniemy likely coming back. It's going to be even better. So, uh uh, that's going to be a very interesting position to watch. As far as a couple of other starters out there, uh, Anthony Sherman, his situation is very interesting because the Chiefs did not use him a whole lot this year on offense. Uh, then you look at guys like Cam, or excuse me, um, Stephen Wisniewski, came in during the season, but did get a lot of starts in Kansas City. Emmanuel Ogba was playing really well up until his injury. Terrell Suggs was a late addition, and if he does not retire, is that a guy you consider bringing back in? Xavier Williams... Uh, played really well alongside uh, uh, Chris Jones. And then you look at the secondary, oh, Reggie Ragland, a key player as well, who's without a contract. And then you look at the secondary, uh, Bashad Breland, uh, a guy who struggled early on, was inconsistent, but eventually came along as did Charverius Ward. Charverius Ward still under contract, but you got a lot of cornerbacks that are currently without a contract. Morris Claiborne, who they brought in, didn't see a whole lot of him this year. I think the one guy that was interesting is Keith Reeser. This was his second sit with the Chiefs and he was really good in the AAF. But uh, we didn't get much of him, be- uh, any of him rather, because of his training camp injury. Then you got Kendall Fuller as well who has been c- kind of under the radar good for the Chiefs while he's been here. So again, good problems to have when you're a Super Bowl championship winning team. Uh, got a lot of great players that could hit free agency and you, know, you could be saying goodbye to some of these really good players uh, as uh, as time moves on here. Uh, again, that's just what you deal with when you're a championship team, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how Brett Veach uh, tackles uh, free agency this year because when you win the Super Bowl, this is going to be your toughest offseason ever, trying to be able to keep that Super Bowl mentality and that Super Bowl swagger trying to go on to 2020.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one thing that on these free agents or people with options that I know for, I mean... I don't know for a fact it's going to happen because obviously I don't sit in the Chiefs front office, but just applying logic to the situation. One guy that I'd bet real good money is going to be gone, Cam Irving ain't coming back because we've got the club option. It would cost us $4.6 million to bring him back, or we could That's just have lot. $4.6 in free cap space. Yeah, see ya. That's a given. Um, as for some of the others that you mentioned, I mean, I, we certainly have some work to do in the secondary. I would love to keep Breland if we can, but it wouldn't shock me if we get outbid there. Uh, he's one of the guys who is primed. I mean, he you look at what he did in the first half of that Super Bowl. He played a really good first half, and he was fine in the second half, too. I just remember specifically noticing his play there in the first half as, like, he, he stepped up in a big way. And Kendall Fuller's is obviously solid as well. I could see both of those guys, though, getting paid more than Kansas City can afford someplace else uh, in very much the same fashion as, like, you know, Demarcus Robinson, for example. He's about to go get paid pretty well, I think, uh, because, like I mentioned earlier, while it's certainly a strong receiver class in the draft, I was looking at the uh, list of free agents at the wide receiver position, and, I mean, ultimately there's, like, three guys that stand above the rest um, and really... Really, there's only one who I would consider a true number one receiver out of that mix today, and that's Amari Cooper, who I think we all know is probably going back to Dallas. I'd be surprised if they let him go after what they gave up to get him. I imagine he'll get re-signed down there. A.J. Green, hurt. I mean, certainly a number one wide receiver for most of his career, but does he still have that in the tank? Who knows? Then you've got the likes of Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, obviously more successful at the moment. And I think he has more left in the tank, but after that, it falls off really quick. Uh, and you've got the likes of Demarcus Robinson next to call it Robbie Anderson from the jets. Um, and a couple of others sprinkled in there, but realistically not an overwhelming free agent wide receiver class. So it wouldn't shock me if Demarcus Robinson's making 8 million a year somewhere next year. Like I could see him get a three year, $24 million deal pretty quick.
0: Before we read uh, some text messages uh, I do want to mention yeah you know, I, I heard about this on uh, National Talk Radio yeah of course you know Drew uh, excuse me uh, Philip Rivers no longer going back to the Chargers Tom Brady you know we're still not sure what's going to happen with him in terms of where he's going to play y- you know the the issue we have with Mahomes is we're trying to figure out when he's going to get paid not if it's just when that's the biggest issue you have you look at you know some teams and even some quarterbacks man I can't remember a time where there were so many big-name quarterbacks where their future had some uncertainty. You look at Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, who was taken number one overall. Um, two and, overall.
1: Winston got him.
0: Oh, uh, never mind. They were the one, uh, too.
1: Well, Win- Winston-Mariota, Winston- if I remember this right. As well,
0: but uh, Either way, uh, you know a name that I've e- even heard? Uh, a lot of people are saying... What if Andrew Luck considers coming back? Now I know people say that for every big name retired player like Gronk. I mean, you you heard all that co- talk about him, but nah, Gronk's busy you,
1: on the mass singer, bro.
0: <laughs> just makes you feel really fortunate that you know in Kansas City after all the quarterback issues we've had, this is no longer like we're, we're no longer in the conversation of oh, could we get one of these quarterbacks here? No. Um, I mean, we, your quarterback situation is good, and it's going to be good for a while. So it definitely makes you feel very, uh, really, honestly, just fortunate given the situation you're in with your quarterback situation.
1: Could use a backup, though. Because yes, Matt Moore, so. I mean, if he comes back, that's great. You know, Chad Henney could come back for Matt Moore money. Who knows? Uh, but realistically, neither of those two are under contract. So we might need a backup yet. We'll see what we get.
0: Um, real quickly, before we read text, I want to dis- discuss the XFL because I said we'd get into it. The XFL uh, had some of the highest sports, the, the highest sports ratings uh, over the weekend, which is good, great for them. I remember the AAF; they also had high ratings. In fact, I believe they had a higher rating than whatever NBA game was on ABC. In week one of the AAF, and I think curiosity factor is a huge part of that. Now, a lot of people said they enjoyed the XFL. I'll be honest; I haven't had a chance to watch a full XFL game. I have a couple of them in my uh, in, in the DVR that I'll maybe never even check out. But here's my thing: um, I, I don't even watch college football. Like the two sports I will follow closely are MMA and the NFL. Um, listen. I, I don't know. There are people out there who follow every sport closely: NBA, uh, football, uh, uh, b- baseball, college football, college basketball. I just cannot even keep up with all of that. To be honest with you, um, here's my thing: like I've met my quota for football games for, for the last 12 months. Uh, so I, I, I kind of, and plus I, I'm not a big fan of the rules, like no moving. Uh, uh, until the kick returner has the ball, and if the kick return does not go past the 25 or whatever, then the team automatically gets it at the 45 or something. I mean, I hate that rule. The whole, you know... Uh, I did one- think it was
1: interesting, though, how instead of having... you know, it, I don't know if you've seen the way that they line it up, but it's essentially like if you look at the way that a kickoff group lines up, where it's all pretty much everybody in one line... Yeah. They've got that, essentially, the equivalent of that is the return team set up where you've got... All of the blockers all up closer to the uh, like they're instead of being like you know twenty twenty five yards apart, you know however many you get as you stagger uh, a return team, they're like lined up more like an offensive and defensive line, which I think certainly will knock down the concussion factor to say the least. But we'll see. Yeah, th- you know, the other thing they I have, like they
0: have the um, the point after try. It's not a you don't kick field goals. It's either a one point attempt, a two point attempt, or a three point attempt, and the further back you are the higher the point, uh, which I'm not even a big fan of. And and look, I get it. Uh, They have to have their rules be a little different than the NFL. They can't be all, it can't be a mirror image. Um, I don't know, man. Look, maybe it's because my team just won the Super Bowl. And even if they didn't, I probably would say, look, maybe I'll casually watch. What about you? What's your pulse? Uh, Are you you, uh, all in on the XFL or what?
1: I mean, I'm intrigued by some of the things that they're doing just because, like you said, they do have to tweak some of the rules uh, just to be different. But I also think that it's an interesting proving ground to see if some of those changes really do work uh, and you know, might even carry over to the NFL someday. I look at it as more just kind of an amusement. Like, yeah, you know, I've watched a couple of the trick plays and stuff that I've seen uh, and like the highlight reels and stuff. I didn't deliberately tune in. I think part of it's the fact that I just have no vested interest in any particular team, yeah. but I'm mildly intrigued to you know watch some of it. I just didn't have time this weekend, so if you know I catch myself without much to do over a weekend, I'd sit down and probably watch an XFL game just to see. Uh, but it's harder with you know without having a team to be truly invested, and that's my take really on the NBA and NHL too. Like I enjoy both of those sports, that's I just don't point. pay close attention because I don't have a dog in the race, so to speak. Uh. Um,
0: look, I'll follow, uh, maybe, maybe casually. I mean, I I am interested in seeing, you know, can they keep this going long-term because the AAF, I mean, they had long-term plans, but that didn't even last a year, a season. They folded mid-season. Um, now I don't think it's, that's going to happen to to the XFL. They've got stronger legs with their partnerships on Fox and ESPN And, and look, uh, and just deeper
1: pocketed backers to begin with, too. The, that,
0: that's yeah, Vince McMahon. oof, yeah, that's that that helps as well. But look, the AAF—they were on CBS, but then I think most of their games were on CBS Sports, which not a lot of people have. Even if you have, even some of the highest like cable packages do not allow CBS Sports. So. There you go. Uh, That could be one reason why, but um, that'll be interesting. I'll keep an eye on it, but I'm not going to be following it very closely. Um, It's one of those things that
1: it's hard to get into when... I'll be honest, this was kind of my way with the AAF, too, where I kind of wanted to take a wait-and-see approach just because with the AAF, I kind of did see it coming. I mean, I didn't think it would fold quite that fast, don't get me wrong. That was a (laughs) comedy of errors that led to that, (laughs) but... I didn't think it would last was really the point there. In the XFL, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what they do with it, but I won't be shocked if they're not here in a year. I think that this one most likely will get another season or two, Um, and it'll just be interesting to see ultimately, like it'll be interesting to see this coming week if the ratings hold as strong because I know the AAF was certainly piqued people's interest at the beginning, and then that tapered off really quickly. If the XFL has something similar happen, then I think that they'll have, you know, one maybe max of three seasons, whereas if the ratings continue to hold steady, they might actually be onto to something. We'll see. I think that it certainly would be good for the NFL, too, to have another league up there just to keep football at the forefront of people's minds. You can also, you know, find some interesting talent down there. Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of the talent currently in the XFL are former NFL players, but uh, could certainly be a little bit of a you know kind of G League style proving ground, to say the least.
0: Yeah, because there are a lot of players that do de- declare for the draft and don't end up making a team, so that is another option. Or Canada. So it, it, I'll say that for the sake of these athletes that come out of college and maybe don't get a chance in the NFL, at least there's another option in the United States. So uh, that is a good thing. I, I didn't really think of that until you really made that comment. Um, but look, the ratings. Uh, I don't want to say I'm surprised, because I knew the curiosity factor was going to be there, but I want to know how, it, how that'll uh, transpire in the following weeks. That'll, that is something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I do want to uh, move on and read some of your guys' texts, and we can call it a show. 913-808-2119. Let's start with Mike and Lee Summit out of the 816. I know I put this question off, and uh, we still saved it here. Uh, he says, I remember a long time ago... And by the way, if you have any questions about the podcast, anything, we've only got one more show left. And uh, you guys are more than welcome to uh, to talk about that. And I'll also quickly touch on the uh, the new podcast uh, after we read our text. I forgot to do that early on. But uh, Michaeline Summit says, I remember a long time ago you said you got a job with KMBZ, but you never worked there. What happened? Oh, boy. Uh, did I ever tell you about this, Zach? You did
1: not. I oh, have so- been... I've seen this text on there for the last you know, couple of shows because I know we didn't get to it because we were busy winning Super Bowls. Yeah. But I remember sitting on this like thinking to myself, hmm, I look forward to Farzine answering this question.
0: Yeah. So for those who don't know, 610 Radio, which is where I worked for uh, for a year, or a little less than a year, and KMBZ, uh, they're owned by the same company, Entercom. In fact, if you go to the Entercom building in Kansas City, they've got a lot of stations there. Uh, not a lot of intercom stations, uh, buildings across the country have as many stations as Kansas City does. Um, KMBZ and 610 are right beside each other. They share the same newsroom. Uh, so I was suggested by my boss at 610. He said, look, you, you can still work at 610 part-time and also work at KMBZ. They've got an opening. And I said, sure, why not? And I told him, I, I, told the news director, I said, look, I know nothing about KMBZ. Uh, he goes, that's okay. Uh, and I interviewed for it. It, it. Honestly, didn't even feel like a, your typical interview. They just gave it to me. They're like, look, we want, we want you to have it. I'm like, cool. <laughs> All right. And then um, I go, what are my hours going to be? And they said 3 to 8. Didn't specify a.m. or p.m. Like, okay, 3 to 8, sure. Oh. Uh, weird hours, but okay. They said uh, I'm going to produce the EJ and Ellen show. I'm like, I don't know when that is, but cool. I guess it's 3 to 8. Uh, so, lo and behold, I get a phone call at 5 a.m. And uh, I, I didn't answer it. But for whatever reason, the person who was calling me left a voicemail. And all you can hear is, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> like, they thought I answered. Um, it turned out they meant 3 to 5 a.m. Or, excuse me, 3 to 8 a.m. I'm like, whoa. They, you guys did not specify this. They're like, we told you it was the EJ and Ellen show. I'm like, yes, but you guys, didn't, I told you guys, I know nothing about KMBZ. I just know Scott Parks is a part of it, and, and Dana Wright. That's all I know. So I, I, I don't know when that you guys didn't specify AM or PM, and they were upset about it, but not my problem. Um, they took like th- it took them three months to fill that position. Three months. Uh,
1: that does not actually shock me.
0: Yeah, uh, might want to specify when exactly, like. If I tell you, Zach, let's hang out at 3, 3 o'clock, you're not going to think I'm saying Yeah, I'm 3 always a- going
1: to assume in the afternoon because <laughs> I'm not awake at 3 a.m. unless I absolutely have to be.
0: <laughs> yep, and even then, the, uh, I'm
1: doing so very begrudgingly.
0: That's the uh, Farzine got a job with KMBZ and never worked there. That, that's the uh, story there. Uh, from the 316, Sean in Wichita. The Chiefs like to have a solid veteran to back up Mahomes. homes. Do you think Rivers, Phillip Rivers, would ride the bench for a possible Super Bowl run? No, no. And yeah, would, would would that give him a chance to finally win a ring? Yeah, but listen, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Philip Rivers, Drew Brees. I heard someone on SiriusXM say, "Oh, uh, Brady should go mentor Baker Mayfield." No, these guys want to start somewhere because they know they they don't have a lot of time left. Um, if Philip Rivers is not going to back up anyone, that that's just. I mean, these guys want to start somewhere, and preferably somewhere where they can win us championship and, and Kansas City's not a destination for any of these guys
1: not a chance I mean you look at the way that these I mean like you said none of them want to be a backup I'm sitting here in New York where Eli Manning has just retired because he wasn't going to back up Daniel Jones anymore it's that simple these guys they're going to go try to start if they can't start they're going to retire that's just how it is
0: 913 sammy says i know you said you interned at 810 and worked at 610 what is the biggest difference between the two uh i can't wait for your new podcast good luck appreciate that sammy as far as the difference uh i will say the work environment is a bit more hostile at 810 um and I, I interned there a long time ago but even then like i dated someone and i met her twin sister as well as her twin sister's boyfriend he worked at eight ten uh, years after I interned there, and he and I have similar stories about the work environment. So it is a little um, not friendly. I won't. I'll leave it at that. As far as one big difference, so here's what's cool about six ten. Uh, Zach, you uh, you ran the board for um, Ku's student-run radio station a few times, haven't you?
1: Yeah, a couple times. I mean, I can't pretend it went off without a hitch, but it was pretty <laughs> close.
0: I mean, it's a student radio session. There happens. was
1: definitely a football game where the entire pregame show may or may not have aired because I, I screwed that. it up. I, but, not the entire you know. thing.
0: There was small chunks, but anyway. Um, so when you're the when you're running the board, when you're the producer, you have to play the audio uh, at eight ten, whereas at at six ten. The hosts actually have a computer where they can actually play their own audio. They don't need to tell our producer during commercial break, Hey, producer, uh, play these three cuts when we come back. Uh, play these three audio clips of Mahomes talking about how great the Super Bowl was. No, the, uh, the hosts at 610 actually have their own computers and can do that, which is actually a really cool feature. And honestly, it does make for a much smoother show because the producer can kind of lay back a little bit, not... Too relaxed, they still got to be on their toes, but kind of lets everyone else kind of um, be on their feet, I guess, so to say. Everyone can do a little bit of something, and not all the pre- pre- uh, pressure is on the producer. that, that That's pretty cool. Uh, I did not even. Well, plus,
1: I imagine the far. timing's so much easier. You know, oh, if yeah. you're about to react to a clip, then you're just covering it instead of having the little like tape delay.
0: Yeah, and. And you don't have to have your producer you know, whispering in your ear saying, Hey, look, you got 10 seconds left on this audio clip. You just know it yourself, which is actually another cool feature there. Uh, From the 660, Brett B says, Solid linebackers can be found in mid-rounds. High draft picks and free agent money should go to the secondary and interior O-line. It hurts, but tag and trade Jones, a very rare opinion there from Brett. Resign Ogba and Fuller and Sean Lee... Would be a nice stopgap if there aren't any linebackers we like for the value in the draft. Uh, Look, you need Chris Jones, and people will say, well, just replace him in the draft. His size and his talent, it's hard to find. Look, replacing Eric Berry is a very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, The only two possibilities were Earl Thomas and Tyron Matthew. Like, there are not a lot of great safeties out there. There are not a lot of players like Chris Jones. Chris Jones might be one of the best defensive interior defensive linemen since Vince Wilfork. Uh, Dontari Poe did some good things in Kansas City, but Chris Jones, I think, has done a better job of that. Um,
1: Because he can both stop the run and rush the passer. You've got a lot of guys who can do either or, not a lot of guys who are that dynamic combo of both.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's a big one right there. Um, so so I would say I disagree. And you know he, he he put some names out there. It'll be interesting to see what Brett Veach does because um, you know Watkins, of course, his contract is going to be the big one right there. You know you got to change that in order to, to do a lot of these things. So that's definitely the uh, the first step before you move further uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs this off season. Uh, Odessa from Texas, four three two. I'm still. Uh, in Euphoria, uh, the Chiefs should go after Le'Veon Bell for the right price. He reminds me of Priest Holmes with his patient running style. Um, I know the Chiefs were close to trading for Le'Veon Bell. Look, man, I think with Damian Williams and another solid backup, I think you'll be just fine. Le'Veon Bell is going to be a pricey guy, and I think you got to spend that money elsewhere.
1: Yeah, the only way that it's... The, the only way that happens is if Adam Gase really just wants him gone and they're willing to do, you know, if the Chiefs are able to get Le'Veon Bell for a similar price to what Tennessee got Ryan Tannehill for, which I want to say is like, I think they only paid like $2 million out of pocket or something, then obviously we'd consider it. But I think that overall the price tag for that is just going to be too steep. There's no way the Jets are going to eat enough of that contract no. to make it feasible.
0: Yeah, and look, I know the NFL and all of sports, it's become so impatient where even if you sign a big deal, you know, no success immediately can lead to, you know, players wanting out. I mean, Le'Veon Bell almost got traded. So, uh, that well, to happen. be
1: fair, that one was a weird deal where the coach doesn't want him, but yeah. oh, the yeah, GM no, was sure, there first sure. and, like, just a weird deal as a whole. And I'm sure Le'Veon Bell will move. I just don't think he's going to move to Kansas City.
0: Out of the nine one five, Adrian in El Paso, Texas. Do you think Kansas City will re-sign Bashad Breland and Mike Pinnell? These two, I'm hoping for. Of course, Chris Jones as well, but these two, the most. Uh, Mike Pinnell, you've got to do it, man. I mean, he really was uh, instrumental in helping your defense improve. And not, it's not like it took him a while. He came in and made an immediate impact, which is very hard to do mid-season uh, when you're looking for players off the street. Bashard Breeland, we kind of went over this. Um, Maybe you can find a better cornerback, maybe not. Uh, I think both Breeland and Ward were kind of under the radar as the season went on. I would not be upset if if, uh, Bashard Breeland came back. Um, Do I think it happens? I'm not sure. Uh, How much does he want? Uh, Who else are the Chiefs looking at? That's another thing you've got to consider. If I had to give an answer, I think he does come back.
1: I think that Pennell definitely will come back. I mean, this is in this case, it is truly the definition of a hometown discount. I know yeah, he's from exactly. Topeka, but whatever. It's it's at the hometown team. I think that they'll they'll figure out a way to work something out. And realistically, Xavier Williams might fall into that category in the same way. Not guaranteeing, but it's certainly a possibility. As for Breeland, ultimately, it's going to come down to the price tag. I'd love to keep him, but if someone else is willing to go out there and pay him you know for the sake of argument if someone else is willing to pay him 15 where we're willing to pay him 12 they're probably going to get him and they should and that's just kind of how it is
0: last text from the 626 daniel in florida i still think the chiefs should go after a veteran corner the way the chiefs signed Tyron Matthew to help the safety Charviers word is not the answer as a third option behind Kendall Fuller and Bashad Breland, so obviously kind of a different direction with what we were just talking about. You know, he I, I will say Well that's he good because
1: he's not the third option. He's a starting corner across from Breland. Like, yeah, come on he, now.
0: He he is. But but you know, he does raise an interesting point about a veteran cornerback, because you do have a veteran safety in Tyron Matthew, which obviously has done wonders for this Chiefs defense, especially in the secondary. Um I'm trying to think right now. I mean, what are the uh, cornerbacks? For free agency, I'm gonna pull that up real quickly. I don't know if you have any uh, off the top of your head. According to I mean, Track, Chris Harris, obviously a Jayhawk. I'm a little biased there. Uh, well, Talib
1: too. Yeah, though Talib's a little older, so that's that brings its own set of challenges.
0: By the way, uh, a lot of former Broncos quarterbacks, uh, Bradley Roby. I mean, he, he's with Houston now, or, or technically not right now, but. Uh, I think he'll also,
1: end up costing too much. Roby's yeah. a good corner.
0: By the way, Baltimore has a couple of quarterbacks. Jimmy Smith and former chief Brandon Carr. Now, there is a club option with Brandon Carr, so I, I, not really as notable. Uh, Nikkel Roby Coleman. How
1: old is Carr now? Like he's, he,
0: According to Spotify, he's, he's 34 be up there. years old. He's 34, yeah. He's the only player from that 2008 draft class that's still playing. Only one. Wow. Uh, Roby Coleman. He's, I guess, kind of famous for that, uh, mispass interference call in the NFC championship game. He's also got the, uh, club option as well. Jonathan Joseph from the Texans, but he's going to be 36 years old. Eli Apple is kind of an interesting name. I remember a lot of hype, uh, uh, about him coming out of college. Uh, he's 25 years old. Uh, so I don't I know. I think he um, was
1: kind of a head case though, which yeah. could be an Andy Reid reclamation special. Cause he's definitely done that before, but I think he, basically got himself booted out of I mean correct me if I'm wrong uh I remember I remember Eli Apple was previously with the Giants here and yeah, I think he, he caused enough trouble that he got himself kicked out of here
0: yeah you never know I mean Andy Reid's given a lot of second chances and we, we, we know about that here in Kansas City we, we, we were talking about that so um yeah I mean Trey Waynes from
1: Minnesota is an interesting one too
0: uh who who, who did you say
1: Trey Waynes from oh, Minnesota. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, I, do. I see that. Yeah, he's 28 years old. Um, played 14 games this year. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be another interesting one as well. I know Chris Harris, is, his stats are not what they used to be, but his cover skills are very, very good. Kind of like Sean Smith, um, who played for the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, Sean Smith, I, I, you know, his height was a big reason for that, but he was not posting big numbers uh, as a cornerback, but that dude knew how to cover, man. That dude knew how to mm-hmm. cover. Um, I think Chris Harris is kind of like Sean Smith, where his numbers are not going to be as high with interceptions and all, but he, he's not going to allow a lot of big plays either.
1: Oh, he's still, I mean, don't get me wrong, he would still, I think he'll command a three- or four-year deal. In the last two years of that deal, he's probably not himself anymore, but I think he's still got a couple real good years left where he's as good of a corner as there's been in this league.
0: Real quickly, before we sign off here, I wanted to mention the new podcast coming out. Uh, I've been talking about this. Uh, I appreciate all the kind words. A lot of people saying, you know, please keep the podcast or we'll miss it and such. And and, those mean a lot. I didn't think we'd have... I I, I thought a lot of people were going to be thrilled. Because I'll be honest, man, I'm ready to move on from this. uh, Especially because the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Um, But the the, the whole thing with a, a Chiefs podcast, a football podcast, is that it's so time sensitive. Whereas my new podcast... Um, you know, I, it'll probably be once or twice a month. Maybe I may even go a month without, uh, doing an episode. It's going to be a lot less, um, time consuming, I guess. Uh, it'll be a lot more laid back too. We'll definitely discuss the chiefs, but we'll discuss other topics as well, especially non-sports things. Um, going to have a lot of guests. I've talked to a lot of people. Zach is definitely going to come on, uh, you know, occasionally we'll talk some chiefs. We'll, 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 we'll reunite. We'll have the good stuff. Uh, DJ as well. Um, so the, here's, what's going to happen as far as how to subscribe to that, you can still stay subscribed to this podcast here. Cause we'll eventually rebrand it, change the name, change the, uh, the photo and everything. So it'll still be on this, um, subscription feed here. Now, if that changes, I'll let you guys know on social media. Uh, if you guys aren't following me on social media, that's kind of the best way to, uh, be up to date with that in case we have to have a new feed that you'll have to subscribe to. But I don't anticipate that to be the case. But the new podcast is going to be called Farscast. That'll be out in May. Uh, Not exactly sure when in May, but in May we will launch the new podcast. I'm excited for it. Like I said, it's going to be different and I'm looking forward to that. I've done this for 13, uh, 11 of the last 13 seasons. And I just think, you know, it's time to move on. Uh, I got to cover the worst seasons and the best seasons <laughs> with the Chiefs. So... I'm pretty happy with all of that, and at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, this was a lot of fun to do. Certainly no regrets. I mean, I would have luck, luck, loved to have Zach and DJ much sooner, but, uh, you know, it, it happens sometimes. And, you know, so, some, some, a lot of you guys have been following this podcast for years, and I'm talking years. Uh, and I definitely appreciate those who have been following. I, I, I got a, a comment from, uh, from one listener. His name is Jimmy. He goes, dude, I've been listening to you since you were complaining about Carl Peterson. I'm like, dude... I was a teenager when I did this podcast, <laughs> that, and I was complaining about that stuff. So that guy's been listening for a long time, which I definitely appreciate. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, that'll be uh, uh, the new podcast. Uh, we'll be discussing, you know, sports, entertainment, news... Uh, media, all kinds of things. I mean, you guys know me. I, I love discussing social media, those kinds of stuff, journalism discussions. Of course, a lot of that uh, I'm more than happy to discuss. So a lot of that stuff we'll definitely get into uh, on the new podcast. And that'll be out in May. Cast. Again, you can sub- stay subscribed to this feed. I understand some of you may not be as interested uh, because you just want to hear the Chiefs and that's certainly understandable. But if... Any of you guys were to give it an opportunity, certainly appreciate it. Uh, we're certainly not expecting the same numbers in terms of total downloads, because uh, like I said, it is, is going to be much different, uh, but we'd certainly appreciate it if everyone were to give it a chance. Some episodes you may be interested in, some not. I'll definitely discuss my health, uh, because I've talked about how much weight I've lost. Uh, in fact, the person who's helped me lose a lot of weight, she's going to be a guest on the podcast. We've ta- I've talked to her. She and I have agreed we'll do a podcast at some point, and the text line will stay the same too, so... And you guys can ask me anything, not just Chiefs-related stuff. Anything goes, essentially. Now, if you get a little too personal, um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably discard those questions. But uh, the text line's going to stay as well. So, Forest Cast coming out in May. You can stay subscribed to this feed and the podcast will be out. And I'll definitely uh, let it be known on social media what topics we'll discuss. And you guys can uh, text in with questions or comments for each specific episode. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. I am Farzi Vasugian, Zach Stegenga with me here. Hopefully, DJ Evans will be back. One last episode left for the podcast, and that'll be this Monday. Uh, that'll be the last time we'll do an episode of this great podcast, the first Chiefs podcast to hit the good old interwebs. You guys can interact with me on Facebook, facebook.com, slash at Farzee21 on Twitter, at ZSegna on Twitter, and at ChiefsFansShai4DJ on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast, spread the word, subscribe, uh, share the links as well on social media and the text line 913 808 Last episode left, so anything you want to ask me or any Chiefs-related questions, comments, whatever you guys have, uh, text in, 913-808-2119. Uh, send them in before Sunday afternoon because we'll be recording Sunday evening, so text in before then. I'm Farzim Vasugian. appreciate you guys downloading and listening once again. We will talk to you in the podcast finale, I guess, on Monday. Take care.